This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We have breaking news, folks. Normally, I wouldn't do a news video on a Saturday, but today's news warrants it. The Vatican issued its de facto ban of the traditional mass, its clarification of traditionis custodis, and this is meant to put the thumbscrews on the mass, to make it harder and harder for there to be a traditional Latin mass near you unless you go to the SSPX. To be clear, this document doesn't explicitly say no traditional mass on Easter, but it provides the perfect outline for the worst of the bishops on the fence about the Mass to do exactly that, using some of the worst incentives imaginable, including the financial realities of the Easter Mass, the vocations shortage, all of it. We shouldn't expect a more explicit move against the Easter Mass itself shortly. I am convinced that's coming, and probably even this week, although I could be wrong about that. I am going to go over the steps it takes to ban the Mass for Easter in this way, and I'll point out something else that no one is talking about this ruling. So let's dive in, and I'll ask that you both pray for the Church in this time and for the bishops to invoke Canon 87 of the Code of Canon Law so that the Mass can continue on Easter and beyond. So Saturday morning today, the Archbishop Roach answered questions posed to him allegedly in the form of a dubia. And I say allegedly because there's no evidence that a dubia was submitted to Rome, and many have speculated that the form of a dubia was used by the enemies of sacred tradition in order to get the answers that Rome wanted to questions that some bishops had just posed publicly about Traditionis Custodis. As Bree Dale describes it, quote, the head for the Congregation of the Divine Liturgy, Cardinal Arthur Roach, has published a series of answers to dubia surrounding Pope Francis's latest motu proprio, Traditionis Custodis. A synopsis of this response could include confirming that although the Latin Mass, according to the Old Rite, may continue, other liturgical celebrations reliant on the Pontificale Romanum have been abrogated, quote-unquote. This seems to include ordinations. Yes, traditional ordinations are now gone. Questions will inevitably follow to the status of congregations where priests are ordained in the traditional rite and which were fully established and approved by earlier popes and in full union with the Holy See. What will happen to these thriving communities and their current seminarians? Other questions will certainly arise to the synodality afforded by this action from a Vatican congregation. Are these clear orders given to successors of the apostles on how they are to manage their sees? End quote. And remember, the FSSP and others are fully expected to be having their apostolic visitations in February. That's barely a month from now. But let's focus here. The document explicitly prohibits the sacraments in the form presented in the 1962 Missal of John XXIII, other than the Mass. Some analyses say that this includes extreme unction, the nuptial sacrament, as well as the explicitly mentioned baptism, confirmation, and ordination. Those are all now prohibited in their pre-conciliar form, and as I have said in other videos, Paul VI fundamentally altered the sacraments, not just the new Mass, and I will have to go over those in a video at some point. It's worth noting here, though, that the day they chose to release the document was December 18th, 2021, which is Ember Saturday. The Ember Days are days of fasting and abstinence for the intention of vocations to the priesthood and for holy priests in general, among other things. 
they chose an ember day to release the document. Plus, being Saturday, traditionally Saturdays are consecrated to Our Lady, and thanks to the listener who I chatted with just before recording this, who pointed, who reminded me of that, because I, he was predicting to me privately that this was going to happen on Saturday because of its Marian connotation. Every Saturday, hence the five first Saturdays devotion is dedicated to Our Lady. None of this is coincidental. But let's do some math here as we go forward with this document. First, baptisms for adult converts have, often happen at Easter. That's not just a Novus Ordo thing. But bear that in mind. But there are some additional details about the document. The document is aimed first at diocesan TLMs, where the majority of TLM Catholics go to Mass. Given that the FSSP and Institute of Christ the King Sovereign Priest serve in a diocese at the whim of the bishops, they are likely to fall under the guidelines of this document. After all, a bishop is fully empowered to just dismiss them at will. What the document does is pretty straightforward. First, no priest may say more than one Mass a day if they say the TLM. They call it in the document being a binate priest, but that means they cannot say the Novus Ordo and the traditional Latin Mass in the same day. It's not just at Easter, that's any day of the year. In fact, it's framed in the, they even mention it in like for daily Masses. Now think about that. One Mass, that's it, a day. Second, refusal to say the Novus Ordo is explicitly said to be a sign of being in schism. No more than one TLM may be said a day by any priest, full stop. So your FSSP parish may have to shuffle its packed schedule around if they only have one priest. Third, they're prohibited from having the TLM on the official mass schedule at diocesan parishes that offer both the TLM and the Novus Ordo. They're literally sequestering traditional Catholics as if the mere presence of the Catholic faith was something to be feared. Now let's do something here. Let's do some math. Your diocesan TLM saying priest who says the Novus Ordo is faced with a basic question. Does he say his TLM and then try to bring in a guest priest to say the Novus Ordo on Easter? I'm focusing on Easter here for a reason. But will he skip his TLM and only offer the Novus Ordo? That is the clear intention of Rome here. But let's consider something else. The FSSP and similar groups are full of priests who will not say the Novus Ordo under any circumstances. They believe it to be harmful to the faith and have the same reservations about it that the priests of the Society of St. Pius X do. Though to be sure... Not all FSSP priests have this reservation, and unlike the SSPX priests, the FSSP priests will usually toe the now-dead hermeneutic of continuity line. But an unwillingness to say the Novus Ordo is explicitly declared to be an act of schism. More than that, a red line has been crossed. The document comes from the Congregation for Divine Worship. This is the first time that the Vatican has issued a document explicitly describing books for the celebration of the sacraments and the traditional rite, in both the Pontifical and the, the Rituale Romanum, in this case, as being abrogated. Not even Traditionis Custodis said this explicitly. This is working out a tad more deeply, even in brief. This document declares to be the ended the rare form of the traditional Latin Mass, the Pontifical High Mass, which is typically said by bishops and popes. It's a magnificent Mass if you can ever attend one and participate in it yourself, and has been said notably by Archbishop Sample at the Basilica in Washington, D.C., and is frequently said by Cardinal Burke, among others. This document says that it's been abrogated, which is just mind-blowing. Many will say that it's, that's not a valid document and it's not a valid thing to do, but saying that kind of misses the whole point here. The Vatican now thinks that it can abrogate, and has abrogated formally promulgated liturgical books, books promulgated by popes, and clearly stated as much for the first time in history. 
This is a break from sacred tradition, from the precepts of quo primum, from the declarations of sacrosanctum concilium, a document I'm not even a fan of, all of it. But even that statement itself is wrapped in ambiguity. Archbishop Roach's document says that it considers the rituale as abrogated by Traditionis Custodis, paragraph 8. But in the next line it says that the diocesan bishop has the authority to authorize its use for personal parishes where the TLM has been approved. You know, the ones that they stick now out in the outskirts of dioceses. It's an absolute contradiction. And more importantly, it's more of the weaponized ambiguity we've come to expect from modernist Rome. How can elements of the Roman Missal be abrogated if permission can be given to use what is within it? By appearances, it can't be, but we're gonna, we'll have to wait and see. I'm now going to be keeping a more vigilant eye on new liturgical movement and canon lawyers for how to proceed. But here's something that everyone is missing, and I hinted at it already. The restrictions on these priests and bishops are designed to squelch the traditional mass and force them into adopting the Novus Ordo, due to shortage of priests. In addition, it will, it will result in fewer masses on Easter in the traditional liturgical form. And when that happens, what happens next? If a TLM is canceled so that the priest can meet demand for the mass due to higher attendance at Easter than at any other time of year... Many traditional Catholics will seek out the SSPX or even set of a contest groups, despite the strangely coordinated effort against them, and thus their parish will not receive the Easter tithe when many Catholics give many times the amount of money they normally would to their parish. How you decide to handle that is your business. Think about it this way. I know that a sizable portion of my TLM attending audience attends Mass with a diocesan parish, and that priest also says the new Mass. If your bishop decides to enforce this document, then what your priest will be faced with is a choice of saying his one Mass on Easter Sunday if he says the new, if he says the traditional Latin Mass, which liturgically counts the vigil the night before. By the way, yes, the Easter vigil counts as a Sunday Mass. Or, his other choice will be offering the typical three to four Masses for Easter by not saying the traditional Latin Mass at all. That choice will be an easy one for many of these priests to make, and you won't like it when they do. But there is a way out. Amazingly, Archbishop Roach did not address Canon 87 of the Code of Canon Law. Frankly, I expect Francis to issue a decree of some kind changing that portion of Canon Law, which is his prerogative to do. If you're not familiar with Canon 87, it reads like this. Quote, Subsection 1. A diocesan bishop, whenever he judges that it contributes to their spiritual good, is able to dispense the faithful from universal and particular disciplinary laws issued for his territory or his subjects by the supreme authority of the church. He is not able to dispense, however, from procedural or penal laws, nor from those whose dispensation is specifically reserved to the apostolic see or some other authority. Subsection 2. If recourse to the Holy See is difficult, and at the same time, there is danger of grave harm and delay, an ordinary is able to dispense from these same laws, even if dispensation is reserved to the Holy See, provided that it concerns a dispensation from which the Holy See is accustomed to grant under the same circumstances, without prejudice to the prescript of Canon 291. End quote. And Traditionus Custodis is not covered by any of that. In other words, if a decree from Rome is deemed harmful to the faith, then the bishop can ignore it at his discretion. A few bishops have explicitly invoked Canon 87 to ignore Traditionus Custodis and have done so without any repercussions, so far at any rate. Also, it's worth noting here that Canon 89 specifically says a priest cannot do that on their own volition, unless the power was granted to them, presumably by their bishop. Finally, Rurate Trailey has really been on top of the reporting on this, and so uh, my hat is off to them. They asked Father Barth about this release, and he assures Rurate Trailey readers that the Vatican cannot win this fight. Quote, 
We must resist the illeg- illegitimate norms on the traditional right. Vatican hardliners have started a war they can only lose. End quote. Let me know if you want me to go in, in, in a video later in the week into that more in more depth. I, I can do that for you. But rest assured for now that despite the trials and tribulations that lie ahead, the modernists in Rome will lose, despite their utter hatred for the traditions of the faith and for Our Lady. Now, what will you do? I suggest contacting your bishop and respectfully asking him to invoke Canon 87 to protect your access to the sacraments. Email them, call their offices, approach them in person if you can, but remember to treat them with respect based on their office. Defy the stereotypes about traditional Catholics and make sure to make the ask, and to do it now. Time is of the essence. We should expect to see some bishops releasing statements on this document in the coming days. So, and I'll try to be on top of that. I hope you don't mind this sudden update on a Saturday, and I hope your Advent is going well. Check out the educational video I've released this morning as part of my normal Saturday schedule. It's on uh, the laity and our duty to resist heresy. And apologies to everyone who's been waiting for my mailbag video. This is the second weekend in a row. It's been delayed. This video pushed that one back, sadly. Such is the nature of how things are now. But let me know what you think about this in the comments, please, and please pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.